Welcome to audio from Ballyhalbert Gospel Hall. Listen in as we open God's Word and share how it should impact our lives. We hope it blesses you. To share uh, the message of God's Word. And uh, our thoughts today is in the book of Colossians. <clears throat> no, it's not. It's Philippians. It's in Philippians, <clears throat> and we're, we're going to have a few wee thoughts here uh, from Philippians chapter 3, <clears throat> and if you want to follow it, it's just a, a, a few verses, <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3, <clears throat> already it's been hinted at and mentioned this morning. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and to count them but refuge that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And then verse 21. Verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we, from which also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our lowly body, our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working by which he is in even able to subdue all things unto himself. <clears throat> We're going to do another reading later on in the book in the last chapter, but not just yet. We're going to conclude with that. And uh, the things, the thoughts that we have for you this morning is they're, they're here. They're here on the surface of what we were what we were looking at about the church at Philippi that Paul is writing to, and he mentioned there in verse nine a people who were found in Christ. Very simple, found in Christ. And then the next verse we read, that uh, fellowship with Christ. And then finally, the last we thought, fashioned like him. That's more of a stretched out thing. That doesn't happen overnight. But you know, in order, in order to get there, this is how I thought about this. A wee bit of background into this. How did we reach, or how did we get to this point? How was this church formed there in Philippi? Well, Paul's second missionary journey. He was on traveling and visiting different churches that they had formed at an earlier time, and he was traveling again to see them and to see how he could encourage them and help them. He was there at the beginning and uh, Syrian built up 
and there he was back again. And so here he was visiting these and trying to establish these churches in Phagaria and Galatia and Mysia and Bithynia, which he wasn't allowed to go to, but he was passing by. And, and this evening he had a vision. A man from Macedonia beckoning him. Paul, come over and help us. And he felt this was from God. And so he set sail there, and uh, it wasn't long until he come there to get to Macedonia. And he really believed this was God's business, so they loosed from Troas next to Neapolis and then to Philippia, Philippi, which was the biggest, probably the biggest city in Macedonia. So that was how it started. And then we read that uh, this would... Acts chapter 16, verse 9 onwards, that would give us this story. And then he would stay as he had landed there, and he wasn't alone. There was two or three or maybe four of them. i do not not just sure how many there would be in the team. But there he was, and he would, spend, he would spend some time just maybe looking over the city, touring around the city. And after that, when the Sabbath day come, well, that made a difference, you see. Because that was a day they would... They would gather to worship somewhere. And this day was going to be no different. But there wasn't a synagogue here in this big city. You see, you needed 10 10, uh, Jews to be able to establish before you would have a synagogue. So there wasn't. But anyway, they had got the word that there was was prayer made down at a riverbank. And so they headed down there. They headed down there to, to a riverbank. And it was so that there was a few women there. We don't even know how many there were. But they were there, it says, gathered for prayer. And this was wonderful. And the custom was, the custom was that uh, whenever you went to the, to the synagogue, the visiting person uh, there would be handed the scriptures. It was a lovely gesture. Handed the scriptures. Now, you're a visitor. You, you read to us. You tell us something. And of course, that was just food and drink for the apostle. That was just delighted because it was an opportunity for him uh, to give reason why he was there and his urgency to be there. And, you know, as he was there, he was there, they met a woman named Lydia, a seller of purple from Thyatira. But she was here in Philippi, obviously, because she was a seller of purple. The purple could be got here. She was a businesswoman, and that was her business there. And it says, uh, as, as we could read, read through this, it says she was one who worshipped God. And listening to what Paul had to say, it says, whose heart the Lord touched, moved by the Spirit of God through the message that Paul was preaching. Here's one that the Lord had touched her heart, and it says she attended to those things that were spoken of by the apostle. So that was another step forward. Her heart was touched by what the apostle Paul was speaking, and it says here, it says here that after those things, when Paul had spoke to her, and then it says she was baptized and her household. So there's a progression for you, and, uh, and it doesn't even stop there. Because she says, now look, if you have found me faithful, I want you to come and abide at my house. So that was amazing, wasn't it? 
Here's the people that they had nowhere to be. There was, now I mentioned there was a few of them. There was at least Paul and Silas and Timothy. And look, there was at least four. But there could be, there could be a few more. We're not very sure. But she, and it says, and she constrained them. She just says, I'm not taking no for an answer. That's what that means. And of course, it was a lovely gesture and they were glad to get involved. And then the next step is, because it doesn't stop there, as things go on, then when they were coming to pray, there was a, a, a young damsel come along, a spirit of divination, and she was telling, she was telling what these people were all about. And this was another bit of the story. And she had a spirit of divination and uh, she brought those people that owned her or that she was working for a lot of money because she could tell the future. She could explain to people what was going to happen. But, you know, they could charge for all this. So that was it. She was bringing her master's much gain by her soothsaying. But, you know, here's what she was saying, which was quite amazing. She said, these men are the servants of the Most High God which show us the way of salvation. Well, you see, that was true. That was exactly true. That was what she was saying. And uh, the only problem was she, she went on like this, day after day after day. And this was, annoy she, this was annoying, Paul. For whilst it might have been true, she was disturbing the meetings and uh, upsetting things. She was kind of taking over. It was the apostle was to be bringing the message and preaching the message of the gospel. And it, she did this many days, and it says, Paul was grieved at this. Of course he would be. Honestly, grieved at the meetings were, were disturbed, and the tension was getting away from the word of God to this young woman who was bringing in a lot of money for those that owned her. And it says here that uh, Paul just felt, well, look, I've had enough, and he commanded this evil spirit to come out of her which he did. Um, but then you see that caused more problems because the people who were responsible, their funds had stopped. Their money had stopped. And then these people brought them or dragged them to the marketplace, to the place where the magistrates meet and report it to them. Report it to them, this terrible story of what Paul had done. It says, these men being Jews... Listen to this one. These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive being Romans. And so the magistrates commanded them to be beaten with many stripes. There was the consequences, the consequences of coming with the gospel message and commanded them to be thrown in the prison commissioned the jailer, make sure you have their feet in stocks, make sure they're safe and sound, and so on. There they were in the inner prison, their feet fast in stocks. And then something unusual happened. Midnight comes, and what's happening? They're not asleep. But it says Paul and Silas, they prayed and they sang praises to God in the prison at midnight. Maybe their backs were too sore, being beaten so badly. Uh, maybe they couldn't sleep, and they think, oh, we can't sleep. There's nobody going to sleep. We're going to pray to God, and we're going to sing praises uh, and, and, and honor God, because it's God's plan, obviously, that we're here. Why else would we be here? And they were brave enough and have vision enough to see what God's plan was. 
And then it says here, suddenly a great earthquake, a great earthquake uh, shook the prison, the whole foundation shook and trembled and all the doors opened. And not only that, but all the bands that were on the people, the prisoners' hands and feet, they were loosed. Miracle upon miracle, when the place was still standing. And then here's, here's something that's truly, truly wonderful. The whole thing's wonderful. The whole thing's exciting. If you look at this to see and try and fit into this, here's what all happened here. And then it says here that uh, the keeper of the prison woke up and heard the commotion Seeing the doors opened, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself. Well, it's either he kill himself or the magistrates allow him, tell him to get killed. Because that was, you, you're responsible, and if you fall down in your responsibility, it's your death for them if they escape. So he's about to kill himself. So Paul realizing this, he says, but Paul cried with a loud voice, do yourself no harm. We're all safe and sound. We're all here. Nobody has escaped. You're all right. What, what a challenge it was. So they could hear it. It is now. We read this one. It says here, he called for a light. He sprang in. He came trembling. And he fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out. And then the next thing he says, this was totally, totally wonderful. We'll love to hear people asking this question. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What a statement. What an opportunity. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your whole household. Wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that just what they were keen to be saying all along? And it says, and again, it's one of these stories that doesn't stop here. It's a progression. And they speak unto him the word of the Lord and all his house. And then it says, that same hour, here's a changed man. He's washing their stripes. He's washing down their backs. And, and he's getting baptized and his whole household. And, and next it is, and he brought them into his house. Must have been the outer house. Now he's bringing them into his house. And he sets meat before them. And next thing is, he's rejoicing and believing in God with all his house. And then he reports back to the magistrates. And that is them set free the next day. These are some of the things that have brought us to the beginning of this church in Philippi. That was the start of it, and here it is. This is how it has started. So here we are, Paul speaking to these people. He's writing to them a lovely letter of commendation. He much appreciates what they have done for him and his affection for them, their attitude to him. And so he is. He's reminding them. Here, you people, he says, found in Christ. What a lovely... Isn't that amazing? You know, there was a time we were found in our sins. We were dead and trespasses and in sins. But now he's reminding us people, we're found in Christ. In Christ. You know, I was reading a book, and I finished it recently, and he was pointing out, you know, you don't come to Christ or find yourself in Christ by accident. It's not an accident. This is a deliberate, willful act. Once I'm in my sins, and I'm worried, and I'm not saved, and I'm not sure about heaven, and I don't know, and you're concerned, and then you learn about the scriptures, and you learn all about it, and then you come and you decide. You say, yes, Lord, I need to get saved. Will you be my savior? I believe your word, 
And that's how you get found in Christ. It's, it's a challenge, but it's a deliberate act. It's, you just don't fall into this. It's not an accident. It's by, it's, it's always been appointed by God, of course. That was the plan of the cross. But now we've got to take that step. We're found in Christ. What a thrill and what a blessing it is. And this is the thing that does us all good, to be found in Christ. And I'm going to race on. Just a few wee comments here. Um, but the next stage is not only to be found in Christ, fellowship with Christ. We're in fellowship with Christ. Now, this is lovely. Because you know, and I know, for months and months here since the beginning of the we had no opportunity of coming to church to sing God's praise. And, you know, we were isolated in our own homes. Yes, we had WhatsApp and we had Zoom and we had different things. But, you know, it was artificial. But now, praise God, we are in fellowship. We're gathering together and fellowship one with another. And it's sweet and it's lovely and it's thrilling and it's blessed. And it's something, you know, somebody says you don't miss the water till the well runs dry. But, you know, whenever you're, when you haven't had it, you miss it. But now we're thrilled. We can come together in church. We can come together and see each other. Uh, well, almost see each other, but, but well, maybe the masks will be going very, very soon too. But it's lovely. This is really lovely to be able to come together and see each other, be together. But there's another type of fellowship with him. Not only enjoying each other's company, but the Lord, he wants us to be in fellowship with him there was a time whenever he was in the garden praying and he had these three disciples with him and he prayed and he came back and he found them sleeping. He just says, could you not watch with me? I'm praying here. And even when he was praying with great drops of blood, it was an agony and tears and they fell asleep. He says, look, watch and pray because times of temptation will come. You need to be strengthened through prayer. So the Lord liking his people fellowship in his sufferings, fellowship in his time of need, and that's what God's people we can do. It's lovely to have fellowship when we're times of gladness and rejoicing and we're thrilled and we're happy for each other. But there's other times wherever we're in fellowship with them and sufferings and sadness and sickness and bereavements. That's a time specially too. And it's all part of this big thing of being in fellowship with him. And, but then we have another one. We have another one to conclude with. To be fashioned like him. To be like Christ. Now, that's a big story. That's a big, 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 big work for you and me. You know, one thing is getting saved. And do you notice uh, in each of these changes, Lydia, she wasn't long saved as she was getting baptized. Wasn't long saved as she was opening up her house. What can I do? How can I be available? I have a big enough house. I can house you all. We can have a church in our home. Wasn't that lovely? And the jailer, the very same thing here. The jailer, he's washing them. He's attending to them. He's giving them food. He's believing what they said. He's baptized. You see that what's all happening here in, this, in these lives. It's a progression. It's a wonderful thing. So here's people that have got changed. And at this church, Paul is reminding them also. If I could just find a wee bit here. It says here, I just want to conclude. Here's a wee bit of a reading. The fellowship and his sufferings. Fellowship with Christ. Fashioned fashioned like him, getting like him in his word and his attitude, loving the things that Christ loves, loving God's people, uh, and so on. It says here, now ye Philippians, it says chapter 4, verse 15, now ye Philippians, know that in the beginning of the gospel, 
When I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Wasn't that lovely here? It was, it was a thrill, it was a thought, you know, and, and uh, these are lovely things. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desired a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. He says, a thrill if it was, not that you were giving me a gift, but I could see your attitude. I could see what you were doing. I could see your progression of faith, your progression of love. Like, like Christ, fashioned like him, giving, spending, helping. And these are, you know, and it says here, but he says, you know, I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well pleasing to God. Now that's, that's what we're getting at today. Not only to be found in Christ, not only to enjoy fellowship together, but be fashioned like him. To be trying to... Now, I know it's a big story. It's a serious big story for me after 50-something years of being saved. It's still a struggle because the flesh and the spirit, they're war, at war with each other. We're constant war with each other. But nevertheless, we're striving. We're striving to honor the Lord, to do service. Will you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. And that's where we are here today. So here we this morning, now this afternoon, what the past is behind us. The present path that we're on here, that is the present. And then the prize that's going to be on us, to be like Christ and to be with him. To be with him. But when we get to be with Christ, what a blessing and what a thrill that is. That was we're reading here, we could have read here uh, in this book here. Paul says, you know, for me to live as Christ. For me to live as Christ. My whole life. And he says, even have a desire to depart and to be with Christ. He says, which is far better. That was his attitude. That was his style. And you and I have this today, coming together, sharing this time of fellowship. Thrilled to bits that we were, found in, we're now found in Christ. We're no longer in the broad road. We're no longer in our sins. We're in Christ. We're saved. And saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. And now we're in fellowship. And happy to be in fellowship with Christ. To come together and to sing his praise. And to come with our prayers and thanksgiving. But you know, it goes on because it's a progression, isn't it? It's a progression. It's being conformed to him. It's being like him. And it's being fashioned like, more and more like him. More and more like him. You know, that is the struggle, and that's what we're aiming for. Happy indeed. So many people, so many of God's people, when they decided for Christ, their life has been very, very short, because in other countries, life has been so difficult. And to say you're saved, that is the end. Your head's off, or you're in prison, or you're, you're sacrificed one way or the other. But here today, you and I, we're in Christ. Oh, what a thrill that is, to be saved, to have our sins forgiven. Imagine you and me, forgiven, accepted in the beloved, no longer in the far off place, no longer in the broad road, but in Christ, saved, blessed for time and for all eternity. And now, indeed, to enjoy this fellowship that we're enjoying, never to forget this, now, always appreciating what we have, for you never know why not be taken away from us, and to be fashioned, go on day by day, I'm not ashamed to own my Lord or to defend his cause. Maintain the honor of his word, the glory of his cross. You know, we have to take that stand. 
and grow and grow in grace and not be ashamed of the Lord. So I trust that today, here we have been looking at this very, very briefly, but it's a lovely, lovely story. This gospel, this journey that the apostle was on, the second missionary journey of what a blessing and what a thrill it has been. Just as we finish, just let's have a brief prayer now. Thank you, Lord, for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for the message of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for the missionary journeys that your servant traveled through and for the record, Lord, that it's been left for us today. Here he is, Lord, writing from prison to encourage your people and that little church and Philippi. So, Lord, undertake for us. Here we are, started this week. We're here with your people, appreciating, Lord, your fellowship, appreciating your love once more. And we've been trying to come together, Lord, around this table to say, yes, Lord, thank you. And, Lord, we love you because you first loved us. We've been coming to celebrate this sweet feast of love divine. So, Lord, bless your word to us and help us, Lord, to take it in even a little and to appreciate it and to enjoy it, to think that, Lord, heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. So, Lord, today, accept our thanks now. And here as we humbly pray as we take leave of each other. So we ask this in our Saviour's worthy and precious name. Amen.